Reptile Gumbo Podcast. This is episode 85. Getting closer and closer to 100. Mm-hmm. But I'm super excited about this episode 85 because it's the beginning of Hottoberfest. It sounds German. It does sound German. Hottoberfest. But it's, I, we had an idea that all of our October shows were going to be venomous related. Uh, and we have an awesome lineup for all of our October shows. So. I'm uh I'm super excited about that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun month. <clears throat> but uh, before we get there, let's cover some things. One, oh, Katie sent me the. I'm not going to read it. You're here. If you want a rack, a high quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. You can find them at LS Reptile Racks, LSR Racks, LS Reptile Racks dot com, mm-hmm. uh, or Lone Star Reptile Racks on Facebook. Or at any herp show. Uh, speaking of herp shows, we had a we had a decent herp show. I mean, it was slow, but the vendors made it a good show for you. Yes. Yeah. So, ninety eight percent of the racks I sold this weekend were to vendors. Yeah. So, and I knew you had a little colubrid rack mm-hmm. that it would sell like crazy, and it sold on Friday before you like ever opened. Yes. Before we ever left, all of them, all four of them. Yeah. So now you got to make like 400 of them. I'm bringing four to uh, shirts this weekend. That's right. Shirts. It's not a Herp show, but it is a uh, Herp's family related show. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. Um, that is a, is a Lone Star show, isn't it? Lone Star Reptile Show. Lone Star Reptile Show. Reptile Expos, I think. Yeah. In shirts, which sounds like it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's just outside of San Antonio. Yeah. It looks like it's in the middle of nowhere. Yep. But it's just outside of San Antonio. Yeah. We'll be there this weekend. And then we have a weekend off. Cool, yeah. Which means I'll be in the shop all weekend. <laughs> so actually, no. I may take my son hunting that weekend. That'd be cool. Yeah, we'll see. One of these days, I'm going to go hunting. One day, we'll make it happen this year. I'm going to shoot something. And <sighs> yeah. It probably won't be a person. I, I hope not, because I will probably be the one with you when you're hunting. So, where is Kickass Katie? Oh, sorry. So Katie will be here shortly. She is at. Uh, open house. She had open house. We have actual jobs that we have to go to, and she had open house. But she will be here shortly. Uh, speaking of herps, though, I do want to go through the list of herp shows. We just had Beaumont, Texas. Uh, Saturday was a screwy day because of I-10 in Beaumont. If you've ever driven through Beaumont on I-10, you know that it sucks. And there was an accident on Beaumont on I-10 that basically just shut down the interstate. Like right in front of the venue, yeah. right at opening. At the exit. So I'm sure people got there and just said, screw it, and deuce and went home. And it was raining all day long. Yeah. Off and on. Yeah, it was not a great day. No. And there was a rice festival of Winnie right down the road. <laughs> Which did not go well for a plane. Yeah. They had a, plane a plane crash, crash right in the middle of it. Yeah, it was not a good weekend in the Beaumont area. But the show, <clears throat> overall, I think the show went decent. I think uh, with the shows, I think everybody's realizing that uh, no one's getting free COVID money anymore. Yeah. So people aren't just throwing around free COVID money at people. This time of year has been traditionally slow from what people who've been doing this for years tell me. Yeah. I think we're back to what a normal this time of the year is. Right. Not uh, people got free COVID money this time of the year. Right. So I think you just got, you just got to, it's going to be tough for folks like you who this is a business and this is your livelihood. Mm-hmm. It's going to be rough. 
Um, but it's, it's going to get better. Yeah. You know, like today I have a friend who, uh, kind of a weird thing, a blessing in disguise, his grandparent, well, his, he's from down South in Brazoria County here in the Brazoria wild peach area and hurricane Nicholas knocked, um, a huge oak tree over in his grandma's yard. I'm talking about like three people arm to arm around it. Couldn't go around Jeez. this thing. So he took a big chainsaw over there and cut some slabs out of it and brought them to the shop today. And we planed them down with the CNC. That's awesome. Gonna make, he's going to, he has a kiln already. So he's going to put them in the kiln and dry them out in about a month. We're going to make some badass epoxy tables out of them. Sweet. So yeah, I got to do something because we learned today that there is another PVC shortage. Um, there's, so, there's a shortage and there's also PVC. Yeah. So it, um, the whole thing is just, it's a shortage for everything. Try and get a thermostat. Uh, yeah, I actually got a Herbstat intro today. Did you out. really? I woke up at 3 a.m. one night last week. And you got the one? And I had an email uh, that said Herbstat intro plus were back in stock. And now they're probably not. And there was one. <laughs> one. So yeah. I bought it because I need it for to make an incubator. I've had this incubator designed for months, but haven't had a, a Herbstat intro to put in it. Yeah, that's why uh, at Sean's new pet shop in Brian, they sold out of thermostats. Yeah, like I think in a couple of days he said. Yeah. The first cell was a thermostat, and then everybody else bought the rest of them. Right, right, because he had a uh, he had VEs, V three hundred. Yeah, but uh, speaking of herps, uh, the next herps show is Temple, Texas, October twenty third, twenty fourth. I should be at that one. Then there's the Amarillo show on Halloween. That mm. is that's that's a far drive. I'm not looking forward to that drive. <laughs> and then there's Lafayette, Louisiana, November sixth and seventh. I'm looking forward to the food. Yes, uh, and that's been a good show. Yes. Um, and then Austin, Texas, December 4th and 5th, and Slidell, December 11th and 12th. That's it for the rest of the year. That's it. Nothing till next year. Yeah, we don't have very many shows left. So if you want to get to a show, that's all That's all you got. Um, and then also, I want to give a shout out to our other sponsors, um, Wiregrass Exotics. If you're anywhere in the southeast Alabama area, Georgia, Florida, that area, go by, visit Wiregrass Exotics in Ozark, Alabama. Give them... Uh, some business go by and see their awesome uh, venomous snakes, which is the theme of tonight's show. Uh, they have some venomous snakes there. And also, because they're in the chat, I do want to point out our amazing sign back here made by the Howdies at Focus Cube. Uh, not to mention my awesome Focus Cube cage downstairs that has my little house snake in it. So, woo woo, go Focus Cube. Uh, I'm ready to see their the counter they built for Sean in the new shop. I want to see that. So, so does Sean. Sean. <laughs> So get oh, off your ass, howdies. <laughs> yeah, because like they haven't been doing anything. <laughs> Jeez, follow Ashley on Facebook, and man, quit working. I, I feel like I'm busy, but good lord, quit working on damn boat. Oh, all right. Um, oh, a couple things before we get. To, I want to get to our guest, but we do need to mention our winner for our giveaway last month. Um, be as surprised as they are, probably. I know. I just pulled it up. We're gonna pick it right now while okay. we're all here. So, again, our giveaway last month was uh, two VivTech UVB LED light bulbs of your choice. Um, if you win, I'll contact that person. If they're listening now, they'll hear, and we'll get with them, and we'll get with uh, Ryan over at VivTech, and we'll get you your light bulbs. Uh, you'll be very happy with them. I've got three at my house. You've got one at your house. I've loved it so far. They're great. So I'm going to hit the button here. Let's see who we got. It's going to be random. Maybe. And the winner is Stephen Poole. Stephen Poole. Cool. He comments a lot in the group. Yeah. So if Stephen's listening, Stephen Poole is 
won the light bulbs. Now, that means I get to move on to this month's giveaway, which I am super excited about and also so pissed that I can't win it. Uh, when I found out last night, I found out last night what we were finally giving away. And uh, and I'm sad that I can't get it. But our sponsors for Hottoberfest, all Venomous episodes in October, is Venom Life Gear. Uh, Brent, our buddy Brent, uh, is going to give away a mandala made by uh, our friends over at Crafty Gargoyle. Crafty Gargoyle. My brain went blank. Crafty I, can see, like, I can see it in your I'm eyes. Like, Gonzo, you were like, help me. Gonzo. Crafty <laughs> Gargoyles. Uh, we actually showed it on on the episode we had Gonzo and Selena on. It is a one of nine. There's only nine of these made. They are um, Venom Life uh, mandalas. You will win one of nine. Uh, just one of them. Um, and then you also get a $50 gift certificate to their website. So you can get you a shirt, hat, any sort of Venom Life gear you want, plus the mandala. Um, I will have that post up tonight for how to win. Uh, it's a little interesting. I talked to Brent. It's going to be educational. There's going to be a few questions there that you have to do some research and answer. And everyone with the correct answers will get put into the drawing. And then at the end of the month, you'll win this amazing looking mandala, which I'll post a picture of that as well. And $50 to Venom Life. You can get a cool hat. And there's a lot of, they have a lot of stuff now. So there's a lot of things you can choose from. It's not just like a t-shirt and hats. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. They've been busy over there. Yeah, Brent, they've added a bunch of stuff to the website. Like a hundred and something things to the website. Yeah. So you get $50 for that. So that is our giveaway for this month. So I'm super excited. But let's go ahead and get to our guest this week, uh, which I met at through Herb Shows because he does all the Herb Shows. Well, all the, let me tell you that. He does the venomous Herb Shows because he keeps venomous snakes. So our guest is Alexander England. How's it going, Alex? Going well, going well. How are you guys doing? Doing good. So if anybody's wondering, we were a little late getting on tonight because technology, every episode screws us up. And for some reason, it hated, it hated on Alexander tonight, so it didn't work. But we have him through the phone, and thankfully that is working because I was super excited <laughs> to talk about venomous snakes. Because um, I know a little, but you know way more than me. And so I'm, I'm excited about talking about squams. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty neat little snakes. I, we were at Conroe and you were right next to us. And every time I walk over there, just, there's like five million different colors. And I don't even know what I would do if I bought one because I don't know which one I would get. <laughs> so that's the biggest problem. How do you, so you got to do what I do and get about six or seven of each. <laughs> I don't think my wife would like, I don't think she'd like me getting one, <laughs> but uh, that may happen at some point. Um, You're just going to get pretty ones. And then because I have a bunch of friends that, you know, they show their misses a picture of one and then they're like, hey, she thinks that's beautiful. And she said, I can get one. I'm like, all right, cool. And then they're like, just kidding. She wants me to get some more. One of each color. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever works. Sounds like my wife would do more, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. My wife wants one too, but not until we move out of this county. Yeah, we got to get out of this county. Both of us are in, right. in the wrong county. Um, so we'll get to squamps, but. Uh, so let's get a little beh- behind what, what got you to where you are now. Uh, I'm assuming you've been into snakes forever. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I grew up camping and backpacking with my dad and, uh, you know, like every little kid running around in the woods, I started chasing lizards and snakes and catching random stuff that I didn't really know anything about and that, you know, can be problematic. <laughs> and so, 
he did the same thing when he was a kid and he worked with snakes and reptiles. And as he got older, he worked with like a little traveling reptile zoo all over Missouri and um, in part of Oklahoma way back in the day. And so he kind of passed along what he knew as far as native species knowledge and some knowledge about exotics. And I told my mom I wanted a bet snake when I was like six or so. And I could read really well when I was young. And she said, you know, read and learn what you would need to do, what that would require. And we'll go from there. And I just kind of went nuts. And then when I was about nine years old, I was at the Tulsa State Fair, and there was an educational group with some native wildlife on display and some exotics. And, you know, I was walking through with my mom, and I kind of vaguely remember, you know, I knew all the species that they had on display. And there was this guy in a khaki outfit that had a funny accent. And, uh, you know, he was like, you're really smart. Um, for being a little kid and he worked at the biology lab at Tulsa University and his name was Terry and he was a big belly English guy and a herpetologist and he invited me up to TU I hung out with him and you know by the end of that year I was helping him with um, venomous display presentations and doing things like that with native species and You know, and then it kind of took off from there. Um, Back then, you could find all kinds of cool stuff at local mom-and-pop pet stores. You know, things that are now sighties or things that aren't really available. So, you know, and um, the old newspaper, there's a back page on the newspaper where people listed animals for sale. And I think when I was like 10, I saw an ad for Spectacled Cayman. My mom drove me way out in the boonies in Okmulgee to this woman that had a literal big koi pond in her front living room filled with like two foot long spectacled caiman. <laughs> and I, I traded her this big ass ball python I had, you know, like an old school, completely normal one that was like four and a half, five foot. I traded her that for this two foot speck. And I had that thing for, I don't know how long, you know, uh, I was a kid and I had it and I would take baths with it and I had it in a big fish tank. Um, you know, no filter. Yeah. I had lighting on it, but no filter. And so it got super funk nasty. And mom was like, that's got to go. I got rid of that. And, you know, there was all kinds of cool stuff. You know, anaconda babies were dirt cheap. You know, there was all kinds of insular boas like Haitian boas and Jamaican boas all super crazy mean but like $200 at the pet stores and water monitors and all kinds of crazy stuff so I had all that stuff when I was real young and then when I was um, I don't know maybe 16 16, 17 I ended up getting back in touch with Terry at TU and he had an educational organization through the university and I worked with them giving presentations and speaking and I uh, you know started getting into venomous catching copperheads and then you know I made this small step from copperhead to monocled cobras and cape cobras and Egyptians. That feels like a big step. 
<laughs> nah, it's fine. Um, you know, he bought me my first, he bought me my first Melanota, the mangrove snake, and then he bought me my first cobra, you know, and taught me everything I needed to know. And then, you know, that was about the time I started bending shows with, I was bended, you know, shows in Tulsa with non-venomous species when I was licensed through Tulsa. And, um, you know, back then, you had to get Delta certified, like they came and inspected your place. Um, fishing game in Oklahoma comes and inspects your place, and there's all sorts of hoops to jump through. But I was licensed there and continued to keep venomous and come to Texas and then shows. And then, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe 2011. I stopped keeping for a few years for life circumstances. And then, you know, I got back in when I, in 2015 and I was more, um, I was more situated in together as a grown up person in 2015 than in previous years when I was keeping. So I was actually able to focus and figure out exactly what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. And, uh, you know, I did all the miscellaneous stuff when I was young, you know, keeping all kinds of random species. That's I always had a love for arboreal vipers back then. So that was 2015. Um, that's some serious focus because it's only been, what, six years? Yeah. And Yeah. I mean, yeah. back then I had Atheris, um and I had Tremeritheris. And things like that, but they were few and far between. They weren't available, really. At least I wasn't online and in the forums. Like I knew about King Snake, and I cruise King Snake every day, like we do Facebook now. Yeah. But but back then, you know, I wasn't in the forums, and so those things weren't readily available to me at that time. But then when I got back into it in 2015, you know, the first shipments of squams came back in and you know then I got on I got on Facebook and I was getting into the groups and making connections with old friends and new friends that were also around the same time you know and so it all it all just kind of fell into place and you know as a level clear-headed adult um, you know uh, I knew what I wanted to accomplish and where I wanted to go. And kind of no matter what I have done my whole life, I want to try to be the very best. And I want to work my freaking butt off to be the best, whether it's being a crazy person making poor choices or riding bicycles or skateboarding or playing paintball, any of the things I've ever done, it's been a hundred miles an hour no screwing around, you know, like if you're going to invest your time and energy and uh, emotions into something, why just half-ass it? Why not try to do the very best you can? You know, and I, and I say that with people in keeping, like people will say, oh, well, I only keep this or I only keep that. It doesn't matter what you keep. As long as you keep it well, you know what I mean? Not yeah. like physically well-being well, like do it well. You know, like whatever you're doing, if you're breeding decades snakes or the most obscure, weird 
terrestrial species that no one on the planet has heard of except you and the exporter. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Do it well. You want to breed ball pythons, breed them and keep them as best you can, striving, growing, produce the most perfect, phenomenal animals. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. Just don't half-ass anything. Be serious about it. And so that's what I've tried to do, you know. Um, my whole life is focused around taking care of my children and my, you know, being a father 24-7 full-time and snakes. I, I work seven days a week, you know, uh, often till late into the night because uh, I'm a night owl like that. That's how we are. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I do. And people see and ask how I'm successful. And it's like, because I work hard. So what <laughs> percentage, I do. what percentage of your collection right now is venomous? Um, I don't know what percentage. I mean, I'm probably, assuming it's the bulk of it, right? Yeah. I mean, my main, my main room has about a hundred snakes and they're all venomous. And then my quarantine room has probably about a hundred snakes and I would say 40 are non-venomous. The rest are venomous. I don't know, like three quarters, I would say, you know, give or take. It's a good size quarantine room. Your quarantine room is what most people's collection would be. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? That's, um, yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) But, you know, like, this is what I do and if I'm going to be successful and actually be able to be comfortable, pay my bills and do what I want you you can't do that with a room with one little room with 75 snakes that I've half-assed you know what I mean? So I want to ask you a question because I had a conversation with a a keeper at at the show this weekend and it it wasn't about venomous but it kind of relates Uh, we were just hanging out and we got to talking about retics and there being so many. And, so, and one of the keepers who doesn't keep retics actually asked, why does anybody need a 19-foot snake? And, uh, and, and, my, and my comeback was, well, uh, that, that could be why does anybody need fill in the blank with anything. But where, how do you back that up uh, if someone says that about venomous? Because, I mean, it's, it's definitely a tricky thing. Uh, how we do don't you, need any of these things. That's true. These are, these are a luxury. These are a gift and a privilege like we don't need any of these little pets they we don't need our dogs or cats like these are luxuries that we feel like we're entitled to but we're not they are living breathing things that did not choose to be placed in a box in a tub in our homes in our backyards whatever so since we have taken upon ourselves to have these little creatures that are living, breathing organisms, we better work our freaking butts off to provide the very best or you shouldn't have them, you know? like I agree, yeah. You know, um, having, for my personal collection, I know what number of animals I can keep before my level of standards are compromised. And if I'm not doing things at my level of standards, 
then I have too many things or I need to refocus or I'm not doing it right. If you're not giving these animals, and I, I, I try to tell people and I say it all the time, if you don't truly love the animals that you have in your collection, you will not give them the best care they deserve. And if you have them and you're not giving them the best care, like you're kind of just winging it subpar with something, they are then taking away time, energy, and resources and emotion from other animals that you do love. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm I'm super strict about what I keep and what I uh, put time and energy into. Like if I don't love it, I'm not going to keep it. You know, um, when I'm low on my offspring and I pick up some animals, you know, say a friend produces a litter of something and uh, I get them from them. Like, I, I don't do that with stuff I don't particularly like. Yeah. If I think it's going to end up sitting around because then it's going to, you know, throw a wrench into my system, you know, and like if, if you have so many animals that you can't keep up with them, like saying you have 500 snakes, but they're all filthy dirty, that's not cool. You're not <laughs> doing it right. Like, that, that's not anything that I want to be a part of or that I'm going to high five you over. You know what I mean? So, like if you can't mean. And I, and I agree. I, uh, I, I, I think at some point a lot of it becomes a, for some people it becomes a status symbol going, I have 400 snakes or I have a room full of whatever. Absolutely. And, and I definitely agree that you, it's fine to have a room full of whatever, but whatever it is better be taken care of or else, or else you're just not doing it right. Yep. Um, and I, and I wanted to, so I wanted to focus this month on venomous one, because I wanted to learn more about venomous, but, uh, it's also a part of the hobby that it's under heat a lot this past year. A lot has happened yeah. uh, in the public yeah. eye and it's got to make it tricky for uh, like when you're doing shows. I mean, people want to see, they walk by and they want to see the venomous, but how do you go about selling them? It's different than someone selling a ball Python to someone. I think just because you, you both want, if you're selling a ball Python or a venomous snake, you both want the person buying it to take care of it. But there's a different level of, I want you to take care of it. And also, not get bit and die. Um, how do you kind of vet those people when you talk to somebody? I mean, I, I'm assuming you turn customers down. Yeah, I totally do. I pissed off some little youngster kids at Venom Fest because, you know, um, they come walking in, walking around like they're little knuckleheads, looking, uh, you know, one's all boogered up with black eyes and a busted nose, and he's walking around like he's, ready to start scuffling with everyone because he's super tough and his buddies you know look like they're like maybe 19 years old and half the group didn't even know what the snakes were on my table um something i do when i've been shows is i don't label the species really yeah if you walk up and you don't actually know what it is without you know right off hand like you probably don't need it and it kind of <laughs> that's a good is, way to do it it's just it's just an easy way that I've always done that kind of like streamlines the process. I feel that way with um, venomous. Or I mean, non-venomous. I've had people walk by when I have like boa constrictors on my table and they'll ask, are those retics? And I'm thinking, you're not the person for this snake. Right. What did Sean tell right, us? Right. He's refused some sales like on the store. Sean, I can't remember. No. There are some that he's refused. I know Sean, there's some things he will not sell. 
Was it? Oh, uh, no, he wouldn't. He, uh, Tegu's. Tegu. Sean said he's refused some Tegu sales already at the store because the people just were not the right people. That's right. The, he said that. Yeah. Like, with the look of this whole group is just all bad trouble. And, um, you know, I know the type I recognize because I used to be a little knucklehead, so there's nothing new. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so then one kid walks up and he wants to buy the snake. And I'm like, how old are you? Because he looks 17. He's like, no, I'm 21. And I look, I check his ID. And I'm, you know, asking him, like, you know, what kind of venomous snakes have he kept? Well, I've never really kept any, but I got a couple pythons or something like that. I was like, all right, homie, I'm not, not selling to you, bud. Sorry. You Good know. for you. Good and for you. Oh, yeah. If anyone, listening, Katie is now back. I'm back. So. Sorry, guys. I'm back. It's nice, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you as well. And, you know, so there's like five kids in this group. And then so a little bit later, you know, a couple others come up. And the other ones are like, we want to buy this. And I'm like, five minutes ago, you didn't know what these were. And then little, you know, boogered up nose kid in the middle is like, I know what they are. I got a gaboon. I just got one <laughs> two weeks ago. I already got another one. I was like, well, you're not getting one for me, bud. <laughs> no, and, and that's how so they walk. That's how you all, all the venomous sales, the people who sell venomous. Yeah. 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 I, I usually refuse at least one person every show. Just part of the reason is like, I work my butt off on these snakes. I don't want some, you know, um, jack wagon to go home and just kill something. I I had a dude do that. I bought, I sold him a snake not too long ago, and you know he was an ex-marine. He had kept venomous. He told me about being stationed in Japan catching wild protobacops, and I was like, sweet, you know. He said he seems like he's not an idiot, and so I sell him this animal. That mind you, I had this animal for six years. It produced for me twice. It had traveled multiple states. Was a phenomenal, bulletproof, amazing animal. So then a mutual friend reaches out the next day and is like, "Hey, that snake expired. Dude wants to know if you have any more." I'm like, "What do you mean it?" Did expired? you say the next day? Yeah, yeah. No, it didn't even make it 24 hours. Wow. I'm like, what do you mean expired? And he said, well, he got home and it was dead in the cage. And I said, bullshit, bro. He killed that snake. He cooked it. Something happened. That's horrible. He killed that snake. Yeah. I felt like a real piece of crap because the snake was amazing. And I had it a long time. And it was a really beautiful animal. I was just I wasn't keeping that species anymore. And I thought... This one adult bulletproof snake will be a nice display for this guy. You know, he'll set it up nice. It'll be great. It seems like it's going to be just fine. It's not a finicky snake. So I thought that it would be all right, you know. And so that happens. I'm furious. I send him a lot of uh, foul language messages. <laughs> Don't ever contact me again. You will never receive anything from me again. Told mutual friend, if you, if I find out anything went from your hands to him, from me, I will never deal with you or talk to you again. Like, I'm not screwed up about, you know, being kind of a jerk. And so then it gets even better. A few days later, mutual friend person reaches out and says, hey, the guy texted me and said, the snake isn't dead. His roommate was just an idiot 
And he and he said he sent me a video of the snake. I was like, oh yeah, send the video. Send the video. The snake is laying doubled over itself in the water bowl, head propped up, hanging over the side of the water bowl, fangs teeth poking out, throat puffy. Like, like, dude, the snake is freaking dead, bro. I'm like, this dude really just thought out this snake. I tried to prop it up and send a video to me saying the snake is alive and well. Like, that is insane. <laughs> just that is crazy. Horrible. What, I can't what kind even of snake was it, Alex? And I, I, I do what? What kind of snake was it? It was an elegant pit biker. Okay. Yeah. I, I sent the video to a few friends. I'm like, hey, on a one to scale, a scale of one to dead, how dead is this dead <laughs> snake in the video? Oh, gosh. And everyone is just like, Jesus Christ. What this dude really just people? did this? Like, that's insane. I mean, like, the fact that the dipshit thought it, I'm pardon my language, sorry. Uh, oh, you're fine. Feel free. Yeah. So I said, I, I would be like, oh, it looks great, buddy. Sure, let's be friends and do business. Like, you're insane. Your Good zombie snake looks amazing. Sure, I'll get you another one. Yeah, like, geez, that, that was the first time that I had seen that. I've heard about people trying to do stuff like that, but I had never personally dealt with that. Well, it's got to be more painful, yeah. like, then you don't want any snake you sell to die. But it's different than, Absolutely. like, a baby you produce and something you actually have taken care of long term and was doing great right. in your care. And you're like, someone else would love this snake. And then it's fucking dead 24 oh, yeah. hours later. Yeah. I told him, I was like, homie, unless this snake died of heartbreak, leaving my custody, you killed it. There's no way around it. Like, you can try to tell me whatever, but you killed this snake, and that's shitty. And so, yeah. So, if people are crappy and they're going to kill my snake, I won't sell snakes. If I think they're going to go home and immediately get their ass bit, I won't sell to them. Because I like money, just like everyone else. But I don't want to be a contributing factor in this. Well, yeah, one, one, know, snake in, bite, in part. one snake bite trace back to you ruins everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I, I just, I just, so again, trying, trying to do the best I can and be serious. So I'm cautious about who and what I sell. You know, I don't sell mambas. You know, I've worked with plenty of them. They're, they don't really do anything for me. I know some people genuinely like them, but to me, the majority of people that are in the mambas, it's like a lifted truck type of situation. It gives them some validation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, and the four people in the country that are respectable, incredible, and qualified to have mamas already have the mamas that they need. So I don't, you know, that's something that I just don't mess with. So I sell uh, Cobras occasionally, but at, it's not at McQueenie, really my favorite Alex, either. At McQueenie, I was out front waiting for a customer to pull up to load up a rack, and a young guy came out that had bought. Uh, uh, maybe a sidewinder, mm-hmm. and he was telling me that he just got a Western Green Mamba, and he's scared of it. Oh, great! Then why right. the hell did he get right. it? Right, he's like, man, I got it out, and it's so fast. I, I don't know if I can handle it, oh, but, I, but I'm, I'm going to give it another try. What the so fuck like, is wrong with people? Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, well, you know, like it's you know we're not supposed to stereotype, but there's such a cut and dry stereotype and pattern for new folks. They get in, they get a Gabooner, an albino Atrox, and then they get a monocle, maybe an albino monocle if they're wild. And then 
at, at a year and they're getting a black mamba and a green mamba and they post 9,000 pictures of it everywhere and they're like, hell yeah, I got my mambas, you know, and they say things like, I oh, only like the really crazy mean snakes and it's like, we get it, bro, you're new and inexperienced, that's fine, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, no judgment, everyone likes what they like. But there are patterns, and we know that across the board with all these species. I, I, I so, will, I'll be the first to admit that it's going to take a lot for a venomous snake to come and live in, in my house. That's what you think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really you a lot. know I have rules. I have stipulations. I don't feel like there are unfair stipulations. But I can say that I have I've had the opportunity before the pandemic hit to tour a facility and see – Mamba's up close. Well, that's Behind sure. glass. That's Cody, Thank you. That's because Cody does stuff right. That's yes. It was it, yeah. it was one of the most terrifying moments of my life, and I knew that I was perfectly safe. Oh, those are scary snakes. Like, it watches you from the other side of the glass. It is intelligent. It that's, is figuring shit out. That's how the one is a pizza plenty. When you and I'm up, just like, it, just wherever it's at, I, I can't have at. a snake that's smarter oh, than yeah, I am. We went to Cody Barlini. I just can't. Well, Cody Barlini had you know, two of them that were over like 10 foot. They were horrifying. They were gorgeous. And I you know, 100% and felt safe. I did. Cody I felt did. very safe, but. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Cody is, uh, he knows his stuff with the Mambas and has a lot of success breeding and keeping them. And he's, you know, one that's also super cautious about where they go. And, and, uh, you know, I respect that. I like that. Yeah, he's not posting uh, videos online of him holding one. But. Oh, yeah. And we were, like, cleaning right. our shoes before we went in the room. And we were, like, making sure. Like, it was oh, all yeah. very on the up and up. But I just, I, yeah. it takes a special type of person, in my opinion, to want to own uh, or to even successfully own those types of snakes. That Yeah. Photo There's us. absolutely good people that are skilled and smart and have them, you know. I know several people that are intelligent, respectable, amazing keepers, and they love mambas, and they keep them beautifully, and there's no issue, you know. My thing for personal stuff is, like, heaven forbid something escaped in my house. Like, I have kids. If If my son walks around the corner and somehow... Somehow a squam escapes the locking enclosure and then escapes the locking room that has, a, you know, a door sweep in the bottom and somehow ninja its way all the way out into the hall. If Rory came around the corner and there's a squam sitting on the floor, he could say, oh, shit, there's a snake and call her and get me, come find me. And the snake is going to be exactly in that same spot. Not going to move. It's not going to take off. If it crawls, it's going to crawl two feet and then stop again. Like, it's going to be a very uh, fixable situation. You know, if there was a mamba and it escapes and he walks around the corner and it's in the hall and it's three feet away from him, but then he spooks it when they see each other, it could very easily in one little lunge be attached to his little leg from three feet away or it could spaz and take off like so very very different and mm-hmm. you know so that's that's why i will never have stuff like that in the house with kiddos like you know so um, I, earlier there yeah. was a post in one of the local snake id groups that was shared out of somewhere in north texas of a guy that found a snake at a landfill i was gonna bring that up and turns out it was a zebra cobra i was so proud was i saw it, it. 
asking people what it is. That is 100% legit. It was thing. real. It was yes. 100% real. And now it's in like the, cus- like the custody of uh, one of the zoos or something yeah. or another. Yeah. I he, saw that yeah. today and was like, oh, snap, I got to bring this I up. I worked at a landfill and found this freaking zebra cobra. Just picked it up. Just so that means, because I'm not in the same groups that y'all are in. So that means, I bet it was Nathan. Nathan normally shares stuff like that mm. on his regular page. And that's how I see it. Because I'm not in any of those groups. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Lucky you didn't get bit or, you know, spit at. Because that's a spitter. Yeah. I saw the picture where he was holding it in his hand. Yeah. Nosed up to his cool. arm and stuff. Like... Yeah, it turns Nathan. out it was venomoid also. Or yeah, the, the fangs had been, fangs had been removed. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that there was some kind of in-home doctor guy trying to perform venomoid type surgery and, you know, yeah. I guess kind of screwed up the snake, obviously, and uh, tossed it out and then it was found. Man, who yeah. was See, that? Where the problem that is that it's, that it's that shit that's going to ruin not just venomous snake keeping. It's going to ruin snake keeping for all of us because... That's going to be like, look what people are doing. They're just throwing them out there. But but people, like, respectable people aren't doing it. I mean, you're not doing it. You're not throwing any of your snakes outside because you're tired of them. Or you're not having one get loose and not tell anybody and hoping the winter kills it. Right. Which, yeah. that's, eh. anyways. Uh, I do have, I do wonder. So, with keeping hots and keeping venomous, uh, especially right now in this culture, what are your thoughts on like YouTube? Are, is there anybody on YouTube or in um, podcast or anything that, that you feel is doing it right and is showing it in the right light? Because I can definitely think of some that are not, and I imagine you probably can too. Um, but is there anybody you would suggest people should watch if they're like, I'd like to learn more and see how it's done properly? Um, so I'm not really, I don't really watch much. Some good friends of mine, Brett Stanberry and Taylor McDowell, they have a YouTube channel called Toby's Troop, and they perp their butts off in Florida looking for native species, mm-hmm. and then they also do a lot of invasive removal for berms and things like that. And Rhett is also a very respected, skilled keeper. Um, he, I mean, Waggler's Vipers are some of the most delicate snakes that come in, and he's been successfully breeding them for, I think, three years now, just killing it, cranking them out, and, you know, that's that's the type of thing, like, a few guys have done it before, once, twice, a couple times, but it was, you know, several, several years ago, like 10, 15 years ago, and they weren't having very good luck with the offspring and things like that, and Rich really got it dialed in and figured out. And, you know, he also is one of the few people that consistently breeds swans. He's been breeding them for the last six years like I have. And, uh, you know, so he's an outstanding keeper. They're outstanding people that contribute real actual help and work and, you know, working towards bettering the ecosystem in Florida. Their videos are nothing but education you know, as a whole, outside of that, there's a handful of educational YouTube, but the majority of YouTube and all of that stuff is over-dramatized bullshit, you know. Um, the majority of those people, if they ask me, hey, do you want to do, you know, this or that um, on a video with me, I, I would 
you know, giggle and say no. <laughs> that, uh, you know, I, I would get more pleasure out of saying no than I would out of doing it and feeling like he's crap. A guy I know, and, you know, nothing against him. He didn't know. I sold him some snakes and he's friends with Brian, you know. You know which Brian. <laughs> yep. And, um, he's friends with him, which is, you know, totally cool, whatever. Brian has done some stuff, I suppose, for the hobby and made it mainstream, which is cool. But he's like, oh, I gave you a shout out on one of Brian's videos and he wanted to mention you by name and he mentioned you, blah, blah. I was like, oh, you know that. But, you know, I appreciate what he was trying to do. He's trying to be cool and give me a shout out and be helpful and I'm, I'm very grateful for that, you know. Um, I, I don't really agree with the guy. I don't, I can't get behind the fake theatrics. Yes. The fake persona, the fake bullshit of, oh my gosh, look at this. And like, cause if you ask anyone that keeps venomous or big angry constrictors that are dangerous, like, you want the interaction to be as smooth and calm and peaceful as possible. You don't want it to be exciting and adrenaline you know inducing like people are like how do you do it is it so exciting like it's not exciting at all this is it's just regular getting a snake out and putting it in the tub and cleaning the tub or you know pulling a sweater bowl or feeding them like it makes my heart rate zero and i want it to be that way it's just work just business as usual taking care of my snake it doesn't need to be like here i am handling this crazy bush viper and you know look at it it's got fangs this big and it's potency and blah 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 like that's fake crap dude like that's fake these snakes are truly beautiful without all of that extra bs and without all the old razzle dazzle for views and all that is is for views that's for attention yeah and that bullshit is what has gotten the climate to where it is today all these dipshit new kids that are on TikTok and YouTube and they all want to be famous. Nobody, like, everybody wants to be famous these days. Everyone wants to be respected. Everyone wants to be looked at in some kind of light and thought highly of. But nobody wants to put in the time or the work to do it for real, long-term you know, gratifying reasons. Everyone wants to pick up a snake and get 40 people on their post saying, damn, you're a badass. That's so cool. Man, you're crazy. How do you do that wild stuff? You're so badass. Nobody wants to put in the work to consistently, you know, reproduce something in captivity. The problem is those guys that have YouTube channels, they're seen as experts. If you have a million viewers, you're seen as an expert. Whether right. you're and doing shit right or not, ninety-seven percent of them are dumb as shit. Yeah, <laughs> they're so dumb. It's uh, you know, it's it's pretty bad. You know, it's, I don't know. I could I could get into all that and kind of be a jerk and talk <laughs> crap on some of this, you know. And people will be like, "Well, it's just because you don't have a YouTube channel. You shouldn't pay me to have a YouTube channel." I have a bunch of people all the time like, "Well, you should make a channel. You should do this and film your snakes." Well, it's like I've heard before. If you watch no. a venomous keeper, it's going to be boring as hell. Dude, I yeah, bet I saw I, someone doing it right. It's boring. I bet I saw 15 people filming YouTube videos at the show this weekend. Yeah. Like everybody now has got a gimbal and a phone 
walking around. Yeah. Hey, tell me a little bit about your racks. I have four followers. You want to give me a free one? <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. Oh, like, I get, I get you know. at least once a week someone asking me, um, hey, man, if you'll send me a rack, I'll do an honest review on my YouTube channel. You can check it out. And I go look and they have like 800 or 1,000 followers. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it, it takes about 5,000 impressions to translate to a sale. So right. when you got 50,000 followers, I, I might let give you one to do a review, but not to keep. <laughs> when you yeah. get to 100,000 followers, we'll talk about it. Yeah. And only if yeah. those people are all reptile people and if they're engaging with your stuff every day, maybe we'll think about yeah. it. But yeah. they don't understand the business side of it at all. No. Most of them don't. So it usually just glazes their face over when I start talking about metrics and numbers with them. Everybody wants to be, get the attaboys and the pat on the back and like all that, like right now. Social media and our phones have made everything instant gratification right now. I mean, that's, that's how our whole <clears throat> society and lives are, is instant gratification right now. And, uh, you know, um, I want to do things and be successful long term. Like one of my good friends is like El Jefe of Eyelash, Jim Campbell. Like he was the first person in the private sector to produce eyelash in the world. And he was the second person, the like second person to breed them ever. Azu did it once right before him. And then he got a batch of them and he was the second person to breed them and the first private person to breed them ever. And he's been working with the same snakes since that happened in 83. Been still breeding schlegs to this day. Has been doing it forever. The same, same freaking snake, same animal. That's the kind of shit I want. That's the legacy I want. You know, I want to make keeping information available for everyone so less and less people kill their snakes unnecessarily, you know. And I feel like I, I'm doing that and have done that. So many people are so many, much more successful now with these guys because of people like myself and Rhett, you know, in the last few years now, Tommy coming into it, putting out good information with consistent results and years of success to show this is what I do. And here's third generation animals producing babies. You know, the original animals I got in 2015 are still around. Some of them have started to kind of die recently just because they're old and squams don't have a long lifespan. They're short-lived little species. And they, you know, reach maturity real young. And they don't have a long lifespan. But the fact that, like, you know, you could look out and ask 90% of the people that bought imports from earlier this year that, you know, are just winging it. Those snakes are dead. And I still have my adult breeders that came in, you know, six years ago, and they're still producing animals. And, uh, you know, that's because we're learning and figuring things out as we go and do it consistently. Yep. And people before me helped me and gave me info and gave me pointers, and I figured stuff out. And, you know, so that's the kind of stuff that I want to do. I want to, I want that long game yeah. success, you know. So I, I do want to clear up a little something. I'm not shitting on everyone that has a YouTube channel. There are some really good channels. Gosh, out there. Robert. What a dick. There so are negative. a shitload of channels that are all the same. I totally knew what you were talking about, right. man. There, there are, 
for every one person who's doing it originally, like an original thing, kind of like our podcast. It's very original compared to the 10,000 others that are yeah. all the same. They get someone right. on, they interview them, that's it. Not talking bad about the other podcasts. That hey, it works. There's, I mean, yeah. that's, I think that's there, how it is in every field, though. Not oh, just yeah, reptiles. I mean, because I, I watch a lot of craft podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm a dork like that. But I mean, they're all pretty much the same. Yeah, but then there's a few, and then there's some that are not done well. There's there's a few that are that do things a little differently. And uh, actually, John Feely, um, he commented one of the things I've watched a lot of his videos. One of the things I like about him is he doesn't present things in a way of this isn't the way, this is the only way, and if you don't do it this way, you're stupid. I uh, love that. He talks to yeah. different people. That's cool. Um, but there are so many of them out there, you know, that do unboxing videos in their snake room. And, with no quarantine whatsoever. But, yeah, and just stick it right yeah. in the rack behind it with no quarantine. Yeah. And and um, yeah. I'm like, well, not buying a snake from you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, like, I lost the videos, and I'm like, it's the middle of summer, and you just got this snake shit to you. And now you're cracking open. You don't even know if it's dead. Like, obviously, you don't want that ever to happen. But, right. like, sometimes, God forbid, the perfect FedEx or Delta let something roast in the sun, like, and you're just ready to get that those views and try to do that. And you're cracking open this box. Like, what if it's dead? You know? I, 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 actually, I actually watched a live one time with one of my customers who, you know, had like two people on his live. So I was like, man, let me jump on there real quick. And he opened up the box and the snake was dead. Oh, oh. Yeah. And, um, I said, man, you need to just delete this. Don't, don't put this out for the rest Gosh. of the world to see. And he did. Yeah. But you know, it sucks. Yeah. Who, um, is that Matt? Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to be a super jerk and talk crap about new people. Cause we all start somewhere and we all are. Absolutely. Yes. But you know, there's ways of going about things. I feel like, and there's, there's the right way, and then there's you know the bitches way. And don't do don't do the thing wrong. So we did post we posted a question this week because I I talked to Alex. I posted a question, um, and we said, "What are you hoping to accomplish with keeping uh with your keeping of venomous or non venomous species?" Just kind of get an idea of what people are hoping to do. And I like Todd Autry's uh, answer. Uh, Todd deals with venomous. We talked to him before. Uh, yeah, educate people Todd, on the be- yeah. He, said he wants to educate people on the behavior of venomous species. And how they are not the risk that everyone thinks they are, which is a huge uphill battle, uh, just for snakes in general. But definitely, I mean, there's so many myths out there about venomous snakes. Um, of course, the cottonmouth chasey one. I, I, I saw a thing earlier. Uh, somebody posted a picture in a snake ID group, and they're like, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of these snakes, but it's a gaboon viper. <laughs> it happens like once a week in the snake ID group. Somebody posts this picture of a gaboon. And uh, one yeah. guy's like, yeah, that's the... That snake will kill you in 20 minutes. I'm like, I know like three people that have been bitten by gaboons and they're all alive. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the myths are crazy. And yep. Todd does a lot of, from what I've seen, a lot of you know, education on native species, which is super cool. Cause, yes. You know, he, he posts a lot of really awesome photos of Western diamondbacks. And, you know, Western diamondbacks are thought of as these nasty, evil, just rotten vicious rattlesnakes that'll just itch and they bite you and your kids and you know I last summer I was hoping at a little like junk spot by my house and I lift up this four by eight sheet of plywood and you know there's two nice three and a half four foot eight cocks coiled under there and I'm looking at them I'm like oh cool and then 
one that was like in a tuft of grass, literally six inches from my bare tennis shoe ankle, <laughs> just takes off, you know, and just shoots off and, and crawls away. And I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> that could have been so stinking bad. And like, you know, literally six inches from this four foot rattlesnake was a glowing, hot, warm, tasty leg that just stepped right next to it, totally stepped in his area of comfort, and he could have lit me up, but he didn't. He just was like, I want to get away. I don't want confrontation. I don't want to risk injury. I don't want to risk death, because if an animal in the wild gets any kind of injury, then it's compromised, and then it can become food. You know, it can't catch food. And so this big, nasty, crazy Western Diamondback ran for cover like it was scared, and we both live to tell another day. And you know, it's almost food. like you wish you could like take that knowledge of that, that, that animal has the, is this fight worth fighting and transfer yeah. that into the minds of humans. And like so many problems would be solved in the everyday world, or maybe it's just yeah. the third grade world. I don't know, but that was our issue. When, today. I, <laughs> when I thought, when I taught presentations at the zoo, um, the way that I describe it, and it, it makes the most sense to me, and it's very user-friendly for just um, the general public. So I, I tell people, I say, if you walk outside your door and you walk around the corner of your house, and standing there was a giant African elephant, huge African elephant, are you going to immediately run up and attack it or try to fight it or try to kill it? Or are you going to think, holy shit, here's this giant thing that's going to kill me, and you're going to try to get away? You're going to try to run, you're going to try to get away. And they're like, yeah, definitely. I'm like, okay, now flip that. Where's the giant elephant and the little old person is the snake? And it, it seems it's straightforward and it's accurate, and it paints an easy picture, I think, that people can understand. And well, none of that can be, like, be true because my granddad's uncle's neighbor's nephew told me that... <laughs> That he knew a kid in school that fell into a ball of snakes. Yeah. And they attacked him. Yeah. Well, he probably had it coming. So. Right. <laughs> and then they always describe the scene from Lonesome Dove. Yes. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always like, you know, that was in a fictional movie, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he definitely had it coming. So, you do, how many shows do you think you do a year right now? I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, I'm kind of in the, I, I feel you there, brother. At, I don't know, just a oh. bunch. I can probably tell you like on a month to month basis, but yeah. other than that, I'm like, I think we're traveling. It's on the calendar. Let me check. Yeah, I don't know. There's like <clears throat> there's like three McQueenie shows, three Conros, couple Austin, you know, a couple College Station. Stafford was a thing, but now it's going to be an extra College Station. You know, a couple of Venom Fest. I think Venom Fest is going to be like three times a year now. I don't know. About that many. What's the farthest you know. you've ever traveled for a show? Um, probably going to St. Louis for Venom Fest. I mean, before, I've lived in Texas for about four years. But I've been coming down and vending shows here since 2007. So I used to just, you know, do the old crazy work till five on Friday, drive here, get here at three in the morning, 
you know, pack snakes till seven, do the show weekend, and then drive back and get home at like four in the morning, Monday morning, and it was awful. Oh. But I always did those things, and I've always vended shows, so then it just made sense to move down here a few years ago, and so I've been here since then. But, I mean, the furthest I've driven for a show, I guess, would probably be the 14 hours to St. Louis. But I just cheat and break it in half and stop in Tulsa and crash for the night, you know, see family for a minute because I don't ever want to, like, designate time to go into Oklahoma. That <laughs> <laughs> night when I'm cruising through. Oh, my you know, God. How, how was Venom Fest this weekend? It was good. Yeah. I mean, Have a good crowd. Rick and I had a good time. The crowd, you know, was steady. Um, I think... If you looked at the numbers overall, it wasn't like crazy out of this world, but we were steady busy the whole time. The crowd was walking through, lots of people, you know, asking questions, kissing babies, shaking hands, all that. And it was, it was a good time, you know. Um, um, I took three boxes of snakes and I brought home one. So that's a win. That's, that's good. Um, uh, you know, Rick took like, seven boxes and brought home four, you know, so we, uh, we had a good show. I, I'm very fortunate that I have a, a pretty good following of people that want to buy animals from me. And, um, so I really don't have trouble selling stuff. You know, the majority, probably 75% of my customers are all repeat customers, people that have, 10 to 30 snakes from me. And, so that's and what happens when your snakes easy. come in a ton of different colors. Yeah. That's it's, cheating. It's super, super convenient because I can just like text a couple people and be like, hey, I'm getting rid of this. You want it? And they already know my PayPal and they're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, do you need a blue one? Do you right. need a green one? Yeah. Do you mean the colors one. are cool. The colors are cool. Yeah. Like, oh, no. I'm drawn to colorful snakes or black snakes. I have waiting lists for my stuff. So my stuff, you know, Usually goes pretty quick, and I'm I'm very very fortunate for that, and I'm very grateful. And uh, yeah, people are good. I will say so. one thing I do like about uh, so there's not a lot of hot. I say there's not a lot of hot shows. Um, there are people. I, there's not, I don't know if there's a lot of good hot shows. I, I like the way Herps does hot shows. I like the whole having to uh, walk the snake out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I hear horror stories of places where that's not a thing, and we're like, you're just handing this person a cobra, and then you're on the honor system. From that point, Fuck in that. a room surrounded by people, no. I can tell you the McQueenie was not like that. They walked them out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's Texas Reptile Expo. I mean, they've been that show has been going for like over twenty years, yeah. and it's always been solid like that. Like not willy nilly, they walk people out, and um, you know the Herp shows are the same. And I'm, I, I respect that. I respect that at any of these shows. Because it's happened at both shows where I see some dipshit trying to buy snakes. I will go and tell one of the other vendors, like, hey, this dude just came up to me and is trying to buy it and he's an idiot. I would not do it. I'm not selling to him. You can do whatever you want, but I'm telling you it's going to be a bad deal. And then they don't sell to him. Or we can tell a vendor, like, this person is acting funny, shady, whatever, you know, tell a promoter. And they will make them leave or follow them. And, you know, they all trust our judgment and um you know our thinking in these situations and 
that makes it an awesome show to deal with, you know, like to deal with people that are also responsible and care about it, you know, like. Because just like with breeding any other reptile, I'm sure there are plenty of shady people breeding venomous snakes and going to some of these shows uh, that have lower standards. And then if you're a, a, a high quality uh, breeder like yourself and have higher standards, it's got to be frustrating to watch them. Just like, yep, here you go. Here's a snake. Give me the money and move on. Yeah, I don't really see that too much. You know, people that are like that, they don't really last. I've I've never really seen any bad shit like that bending here in Texas. I've never been to the East Coast shows, so I'm I'm not going to speak on any of those. So I'm trying to think, what's Um, the one? What's the one up in like uh, Hamburg? Hamburg. That's the one that uh, is just notorious for being a. Yeah, it's like the wild, wild west up there. You can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I mean, I've heard those stories. I've heard that it's a super good show and you can make tons of money. And then I've heard that, you know, a good offer for an animal, half a bottle of Vicodin, $50 on an EBT card, and <laughs> I can join. So, you know, I don't know. Um, Sweet, sold. I, ha- I have friends. Yeah, I have friends that have been that show and they love it. And they do really well. And I'm sure people I, spend money know. there. That's. It's been around for, again, you know, 20, 30 years, so it's got to be doing something right. Yeah. You know, things that are... Or just not enough people wanting to complain that it's wrong. (laughs) No, I mean, it's got a lot of people coming through it. I don't know. Uh, I I keep trying to move my microphone. I feel like everyone in the world can hear me sniffling my nose. Probably. would like to apologize. It's okay. <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to be healthy, guys. One of these days. Darren says it yeah. very, feels very uncomfortable at that show. <laughs> That's sad. I don't know. I'm just glad that my video didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Not a fan. So, I do want to mention something. So, I, I listened to several podcasts this week. Uh, I do. So, a hint to anybody listening to this podcast I strongly recommend you listen on every podcast on one and a half speed. Yes. Uh, I've started doing that, and I watch a lot of YouTube videos on one and a half speed. On one and a half speed, you get so much more didn't, done. Didn't you have somebody message you that was like, "What's wrong with this?" And the speed was turned up way <laughs> was, too much. It was John Grant. Uh-huh. John Grant messaged me goes, "What's wrong with your speed?" On your, I was like, "Did you did you click the speed button?" And he looked at his phone and he realized he had clicked the speed button and it's oh, the podcast that's what up. It was. But I can't. I can't. My brain can't comprehend. It's not that, when it's that one fast. and a half speed's not that bad. It is for me for most people. I mean, there are some of you. <laughs> There are a few people that get to talking fast. There's, and there's get, a few people I know whose brain barely operates at half speed. I can't. I, there are some days where I do. I need to slow it down so I can focus better. I, I listened to one. I listened to. I always listen to Reptile Fight Club. I enjoy that one. But they talked about culling. And I got to think and listen to that because they mentioned it, whenever the culling argument always comes up, cobras, king cobras are always like the first thing people jump to. Culling is fine because we have to feed king cobras. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm. I'm for culling like sick animals or for animals that aren't going to make it. Um, but I do know that there are people out there that are like, we've talked about before that are like, cull all normal ball pythons or all normal bearded dragons because they just don't like them or they don't want them in the, there's too many out there they feel and all this. Um, do you have any snakes uh, that are snake eaters? Because you're getting in a lot of wild caught stuff. So I'm sure feeding is very interesting uh, for you because not everything wants to take a nice little white rat. Um, so I really, I really don't get a ton of wild stuff here and there. So like, you know, if a group of swans comes in, I might buy some, 
because, you know, you always want to add new blood when you can. So I might buy 50, like I, I bought 50 imports last year and I kept two and then sold the rest. Um, but most arboreal species, that's, that's the bulk of anything wild that I would deal with. And most of them, if they don't want rodents, they'll take birds or they'll take frogs or they'll take lizards. And so I try to always keep, you know, a pile of, uh, frozen frogs and lizards on hand. Um, Sorry. Sorry. Stuff. We all got an amber, <laughs> uh, amber alert. alert at the same time. Sorry. We're good. <laughs> um, I don't have any problem with euthanizing, euthanizing things, you know. Um, I think it's kind of a dick move if, if you're doing it because you want to control something, like you don't want to cook them out there yet until you just kill them. Like, I don't really agree with that. Just be like me and hoard them and keep 30 <laughs> babies back from every year you breed them. You know, that's fine. Um, but like, you know, uh, euthanizing stuff if you need to do it for health or um, uh, poor genetics. Yeah. I wish certain things would be euthanized more, to be honest, in <laughs> some things, but whatever, that's a different topic. Um, <laughs> well, they talked about but, uh, the proper way of, like, euthanizing things, to, and, and there's certain, there, I, the way I do is not the way they recommended, but, I mean, I'm still the old, put them in the freezer and they'll die, and I know that there's people that like, that'd be horrible, and I'm sure it is, but it's got to be better than surviving for an extra two or three weeks in pain, is my sure, thought. Sure, and I mean, you can... You know, remove the head, CO2, all of those things, dry eyes, there's, there's all those different things. Um, no, I, I don't know. My problem is I don't know if I can chop, I'm okay, I can't, I don't know if I can chop the head off of something I've been taking care of. That's my problem. Like, nope. Nope. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and say no on that one because I had to do that this summer to something that was sick and I knew it was for the best of the animal. And that was something and you didn't I even know. I almost threw up. That was, See, a, that was a wild snake. I grew up on a farm. See, I, I've had to do that with other animals, and other animals don't bother it's me. different. Like, if it's a pet, though, I yeah. can't. But it's not food. It's like not food for me. Like, going hunting? <laughs> like, that doesn't phase me at yeah, all. But I don't know why, you know, like, this does. I've had to put dogs down in the past. It sucks. I could, like, Otis, I, or, uh, uh, that dog, I can't even think about him being sick, and it makes me upset. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess I, you know, haven't, I like, haven't had to do it with a reptile. See, and with I the, have. I've had to give some of the baby ball pythons to the Mexican black king snakes. And, and, and John Feely says he has an MBK for that. And it's different. I, I've given, Unless the animal has a known issue. Yeah, yeah, I but I've given there. non-eater baby like Samboas to my king snake. And yeah. that's different than a snake that I've had for years. Kind of like what I was talking about with the snake that the person got and killed right away. Um, it, it's different yeah. than something I've had for years as an adult that I can't feed to my... It's... I don't know. I know mentally like, it's, it's a mental hold, holdback. I mean... I should be able to do it because I'm okay with calling, but I just can't like chop the head off of one that I'm attached to. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, like with, um, with snakes and keeping snakes and raising baby snakes, even there's, there's a lot of captive born species of arboreals that they don't want rodents in the beginning. So you got to do lizards, you got to do frogs and, you know, or stuff that wants chicks and people, you know, I've told people, they had a little tree snake that didn't want to eat. And I'm like, okay, so listen, get a little lizard, you know, an old gecko, whatever, use some scissors and snip its head off 
and then use the blood and put it on a rodent. And they're like, bro, I can't do that. I'm like, it's literally instant. That is instantly, it's dead instantly. That's like us with a guillotine. You don't feel anything. Like you're done. You're done in two seconds. You're like that. Switches off. So it's the same thing. And they're like, no, I can't do that. That's awful. I'm like, listen, you want to keep snakes as pets. Snakes are predators. They're apex predators in their environment. That's all they do is crawl around and eat things, kill things, whatever you want to say. So in captivity, to me, I'm going to do anything and everything necessary to get them to eat. I got to get adorable little sweet baby chicks and euthanize them and feed them or little geckos or frogs, you know, like whatever, I'm going to do it and it's not going to bother me because I'm doing what I have to do for my snakes. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I, now granted, when I worked at the zoo, we had some FFA groups come and bring rabbits. You know, they raise them, show them, and then they bring them to us and then they give them to us so then we would feed them to animals after they'd been euthanized, snakes, whatever. And having to off 20, 12-pound rabbits was not really the most fun. I kind of felt like a crappy person doing you know, yeah, something. That happened there. to me. What was your limit, James? I, I, James uh, has four. a limit. <laughs> four is the number of rabbits I can kill. Well, Without feeling yeah. like a monster. <laughs> four while also having rabbits stare at me do it. Because yes. a person brought oh, me yeah. eight. She brought me eight of them when I was only expecting a handful. And then I had to kill them. And on the fourth one, I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. She oh. took them home, yeah. didn't she? She took the live ones yeah, home. She took the take live ones you. home with her. I'm done killing for the day. Yeah. I had to do like 20. And no. it was just, yeah, I felt kind of crappy. I was like, damn, my stomach's thumper and all his friends. <laughs> and then I was just like, I, I got to go smoke a cigarette and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> It's for the animals. It's for the big picture. It's for the animals. It's for the big picture. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's why I don't like big snakes because big prey stuff. Big prey and big piles of waste. Uh, that's why I like tiny little snakes. Uh, so I listened to a couple other podcasts that I want, some things I want to throw out there uh, that we talk about. Uh, one was. Uh, and the, so I got through several reptile podcasts. I was like, let me listen to an amphibian podcast because I don't ever listen to it. It was Amphibicast, and the reason I listened to it is because the name looked familiar. Um, I remember this weekend seeing Urban Amphibia right across from us, and that's who was on there. Audrey from Urban Amphibia was on there. Uh, it was just interesting. She's from I, – I, I Facebook stalked her because I knew she's from around here, but she's like 20 minutes away. Um, but she has a new pod, our new uh, YouTube channel called Audrey's Urban Exotics, which was kind of cool. The first episode I watched was like setting up a mossy tree frog cage. That sounds really cool. And it was actually, it's, it's way different than I thought. Like, they're talking to or listening to her. She, they're way more aquatic. Uh, you have to have, like, tannin-filled Those water. Those are on my list, just in case you didn't know. They're a little trickier. You got to get them <laughs> set up right. But but it was very, I, I do like mossy tree frogs. The uh, our, our buddies over at Success and More had some mossy tree frogs on their table. And they are cool looking. But give, uh, if anybody is out there is interested in amphibians, check out Audrey's Urban Exotics on YouTube. Or the episode that she was on. Like I said, she was at, uh, she does the Herp shows. I knew the name looked familiar. That's why I listened to the podcast. You should share that so that I can find it later. I'll share it later. Okay. And then, uh, because oh, I won't remember. Let's talked, be real. So we talked about shipping issues earlier, and I was talking, listening to the monitor keeping podcast with a uh, Kai fan, and I can never remember the co host, but they, uh, they talked about shipping issues. They're actually talking about a bunch of things that were going on negative this season for them, and I felt that feeling. But, um, 
they were talking about uh, being careful when you ship. That it's not always on the shipper or uh, to know everything. You need to look up temperatures where you live, temperatures where it's going, temperatures at the hubs. Um, and that a lot of that can be nerve-wracking. And I've got to say, using reptiles uh, to you makes me feel way more comfortable doing that. Just because I know Debbie. And uh, if you're wondering who to ship with for the first time or for the hundredth time, I can't say more good things about reptiles to you. Um, Debbie is amazing. And if something is wrong, all you do is give her a call and she will hunt that thing down and kill somebody for you to make sure uh, it gets to you. 100% I, I believe that. I've called, I've created a shipping label and had her send me a message. Don't ship that. Really? Yep. Wait till next week. Here's yes, why. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You got I was it. Like, you don't even ask questions at that point. If she calls you out of the blue, it's yes, ma'am. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. She's watching those hubs like a hawk. Yes. And, and she, now, you know, she was telling me at Conroe that if it's on the truck, even if the truck's a day late, she can't open up a case on it anymore. Ugh. Really? So it's just, they're just in the wind. God. You know That's, that it's killing her, too. Mm-hmm. Because she has been known in the past to, like, hire a courier oh, yeah. to go get it off of the truck and physically deliver it to yep. your house. Yes, she has. That's so. pretty awesome. I, I always buy all my supplies and daily stuff from her. And shipping is... Uh, can be super stressful. Like oh, I imagine, especially if you're shipping venomous. Yeah, and I've had, you know, sometimes Delta is amazing, but I've had Delta, and part of it is me. I was dumb and shipped, you know, I, I shouldn't have shipped. It was a little warm, but circumstances, my buddy and I, you know, we're like, nah, I should be fine. Early sh- early flight, Delta should be good to go. And, you know, it, it must have sat. In the sun and, you know, um, in Atlanta. I've only lost two boxes in, you know, 15 years of shipping. So that's good. That's not horrible. Of course, I mean, both sucks, the boxes but... were like $8,000 boxes, Ugh. you know, but whatever. <laughs> so squam, squams are, are they a cooler weather snake? I can't remember if they're cooler or warmer. Nah, they, they're from Central Africa around the equator and so okay. it's pretty toasty. They, they like it warm, but you know, um, being able to move to a spot and get a little warm for X amount of minutes, hours versus, you know, super high ambient heat is very different, you know. I couldn't remember. I know when we went to uh, Cody and Pia's place, they had the Montane room, which was by far my favorite because it was air conditioned. I was also to say you liked it because it was yeah. air conditioned. And I couldn't That's remember what all was in there. Here. I just remember there was a bunch of smaller vipers in there. I was like, man, I can't remember what was in there. That was the room where well, they would they met you at the door. So you cleaned your shoes before you came in the house, and then you cleaned your shoes again before you went into that room. Yeah. Yeah, they like all the Montane Bothriacus, which are all, you know, cloud forest, higher elevation, cooler temp snakes, like low 70s, mid 70s type stuff. I I stay away from those things because, you know, my rooms both run 79, which kind of average, and then it might hit 81. And uh, everything that I keep um, comes from parts of the world where those temperatures are pretty uniform. So that's how I'm able to keep all sorts of species in the same room. Because, if, you know, if you're, if you're really trying to do things right, you either have to have some species that come from similar climates in the same room where you need to have multiple rooms. You know, you can't have, you know, a high elevation 
cool montane viper in the same room that you have, you know, dwarf midis or cerasses, cerasses that want 120 degree basking spot. Jeez. You know, I need my like, Samboas to want to be Montaigne. I need them to decide just, <laughs> just let's just be Montaigne. Yeah. I mean, we keep the rest of the house at 68, so why not? Uh, although I've been bumping up the temperature during the day, and this is totally random, but we've saved like 100 kilowatts on our electric bill this week, so I'm pumped. 20, 2100 gigawatts? I know what the hell all those numbers mean. It just means our power bill is going to be lower, and that is what I'm shooting for. Which is really 1.21 gigawatts, just mispronounced into gigawatts. I I got my first uh, light bill in the shop with CNC being there for a full month. Oh, How'd that go? 200 bucks. That's That's not not bad. bad. Not bad at all. It's cheaper than my light bill at my house. Hell yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, if we didn't keep our house so cold, our power wouldn't be that high, but it's not anything I'm worth negotiating on. So (laughs) I keep my house. Warm. I like it warm. Like I sweat. Nighttime in my house is no. about that's, seventy-five. That's because, like, that's because out of the four of us, you're a skinny motherfucker, <laughs> right? I was sweating <laughs> in my sleep at with my house at sixty-eight last night. Like, yeah, I, like I it's just... funny. Rory and I are used to it, and we and like you know we're like ah, this is cozy, and like at, at night at seventy-five, and during the day, the AC might be at seventy-seven, Fuck and that. like. It's, Feels chilly to me. Oh man, <laughs> you my, would freeze to death at my house. Seventy nine, you know, eighty one, and like I like everyone. I'll have people come over and they're like, "Geez, it's kind of hot in here." How no. do you see? Here's it? my thing. Like, no, nah, it's If you if you get cold, you can always put more clothes on. It is only yeah. legal for me to take off so many of my clothes when I get hot, and I can't yeah, be hot. Yeah. If I get hot, I get cranky, and I just can't do it. Nobody wants can't to be around Katie that. who is cranky. It's just not no. fun. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I do have a question that I was wondering. Um, and this is kind of – I don't mean it to come off wrong. So I'd, I'd say that first because it might come off wrong. Uh, your look is very much what people expect when they think of a person keeping snakes, Right. If no one's yeah, ever seen Alex, do you look like a hippie? Well, no, he's, co- he's covered. I don't in, actually know what he's you covered look in t- like. He's covered I'm in be tattoos, and he, and he looks the way ruggedly handsome with tattoos. <laughs> James <laughs> has told me that I've met you before. You have, and he's like, "You've met him before." Totally oh, yeah. I'm like, "But I work the front. Like, I don't remember all these people." But here's, here's my question: going with that, do you find when talking? I guess when talking to actual reptile reptile people, it's probably not that tricky. But do you find it hard for people to take you uh, seriously? Like that, and it's not a knock on you. I just I wonder because I know you and I've met you, and then I take you a hundred percent seriously when you say anything about venomous. You know, and it's it's funny that you ask that because I feel the opposite about me all the time. I feel because I don't look like a reptile person when I'm at shows that they won't listen to. That you? they don't listen to me, or like if I'm behind the table, even if I have on like my Herp staff name badge, which I lost and have to get to Lena to make me a new one, <laughs> but like I I feel like I don't look the reptile part. I'm just a well, I'm, just, I'm just wondering if, if Alex has to try and present himself vocal, vocally completely different to try and get the respect that you probably should get when talking to someone about animals. No, I think people take me more seriously than they should. People like <laughs> act like I'm somebody. I'm like, shit, I don't take myself serious. And you guys think that I'm somebody. And like, excuse me, sir, type of nonsense. And, you know, I'm just like, uh all right, you know, but no, I feel like I'm covered in tattoos of snakes, and 
you know, um, I kind of, if I'm not smiling, I kind of look grouchy. And typically <laughs> it shows. It shows I'm, you know, I'm either like in a super good mood around all my friends talking or I'm stressed and I'm not in a very good mood and I just sit grouchily behind my table. And then when people come up, I hit them with the old customer service voice because, you know, I waited tables for years so I know how to talk to people and I've been in sales for years and, you know, uh, despite my, um, scraggly appearance, uh, I'm relatively well spoken and can sound like I know some things. That's awesome. So I, I really don't have any issues with it, you know. Um, that's good. I, I just, I just people, wonder. Cause I mean, like, I think it's, there's, there's always this stigma. And I think the stigma with reptile people is not as bad as it used to be just because it's reptiles are far more accepted uh and culture now people and i mean families have a bearded dragon so it's not like it was 25 years ago uh when everyone expected everyone to look the way alex does and then like people were just letting things roam around their house according to the general public obviously that was not what was happening but i I still get that question my students every year ask me that yeah when my when my students find out how many animals we have they're like you just have them loose in your house i'm like no guys (laughs) No, but then I get adults that say the same thing, and I'm like, "Really? You're a grown up. Come on." I, I, yeah. I get that. Yeah, we just let them run around and eat each other. And you my know. dogs play with them. It's no big deal. I'm yeah. like, "No, you idiot." That's what I want to yeah. say, but I don't. I don't. Tell, <laughs> I don't call them idiots to their face, but I think it every time. All right, so I want to bring up something real quick because I, I know earlier we touched on. Wait, wait, hold on. No, I got to read Brioli's thing. Okay, he says he gets that at the reptile shop. Now they open up the new reptile shop. They look at him all because Bergoli looks like he should be trying to sell you a used car. I uh, love him. You leave him be. <laughs> he yeah. he makes martinis, damn it. He's nice and clean. Right, he but is. It's they, so great. They look at me all proper looking and they, they got tats and colored hair and they try to teach me something until I blow up with my knowledge. That's right. You blow up your knowledge on them. <laughs> but it's true. He, he's in the opposite direction. He's he brilliant, does, y'all. He does not look like he's the, the reptile person. See, he feels my pain. Nah, I know, I know some shit. He looks- to me, he looks like a ball python person. Like uh, just like you say, oh, all, all the you say like all those, the venomous keepers, you know, words. <laughs> We all look like you know scraggly, shady, tattooed people because that's a pretty accurate thing. Like most of the ball python people look the same and have the same look when I see them, and I can see gecko people and beardy people. Like we all have our little group. We do. <laughs> fit into, and you can try to say we don't, but it's a fact. You walk around the reptile expo, and oh, you yeah. look at all the people behind the exhibit displays, and they're all the same style. And yeah, you look behind, you look like a Paul Python person. <laughs> yeah, you look like all the venomous people. You know, you look at them, and you know, we all kind of have our looks. You can tell the old Herper outdoors do. Well, so you get you like know. Rick and Pete. And the old guys Jerry, that tell them and Jerry, best. like they, they look like they've yeah. been doing it for decades upon decades. Sean Trimbach, Sean Trimbach, and his. Yeah. I love how everyone you're listening are 100% like the best storytellers ever. I could sit oh, and yeah. listen to them talk for hours, especially Pete. Yeah, Pete, Pete is great. <laughs> if he it. can hear you, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Sure. That's why I was like, I really love to have Pete on the podcast because he'd never oh, know I'm, what we were saying. I'm loud, everybody <laughs> hears me. <laughs> yeah, because Pete. I have, Pete 
See, I did not know that Pete had a hearing problem because I yeah. he, I never have to repeat myself when I have conversations with him. It's because Pete's always That's talking. When do you, I'm loud. Because Pete yeah. told me a great story about, we talked about it before, about the Black Mambas getting out. And I would love Pete to come on and tell that story because him telling it is freaking hilarious. Right. But. Yeah. Okay. Talking about animals getting out, there was a fabulous video that I wanted to talk about on our Facebook was it the page. Tortoise? Yes. I know this is Chris Eaton's favorite part of our podcast. Or talking about Facebook. Yeah. So Nathan Holcomb shared this in our group and I was like, look at the tortoise. Amazing. Well, he said turtle, but I'm going to correct it and say tortoise. Technically. Is it a turtle? Technically, Nathan's right. They're all turtles. Oh. See, I. Oh. What? Yeah, all tortoises are turtles, but not all turtles are tortoises. Okay, whatever. But I call it a tortoise because the creature in the video basically rolled this gate. And I, I mean, I mean, it looked like it was a legit video, but it was like a gate to a driveway, and it just like it was on wheels, but it figured out how to roll the gate open and escape. I don't know if it really figured out how much to roll it open, or if it did what tortoises do, and they just walk in one direction, and that one direction just happened, happened to roll the right, to get gate what open. it wants. Yeah, that's yeah. also possible. That's also. I like the videos of the big head tortoises like climbing up the sides of houses and walls. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or I love. Yeah. I love the ones you see them. Like, it gets like posted and shared every other month, and it's always by a non reptile person. And then some newbie non newbie reptile person posted into a group, and everybody's like, "Go away!" But it's like of a sulcata pushing another one that's on its back and like look at him trying to help his friend flip over i'm like that yeah. motherfucker flipped him over yeah, yeah. he's still yeah. he's still fucking him up <laughs> right yeah. Like, yeah there is no kindness here not friendship. you're trying to learn a lesson here but that tortoise is trying to kick the other one's ass and he's yeah. succeeding oh, yeah. yeah and then of course another really awesome video shared by nathan um i don't know if this is very safe though this concerns me a little uh, bit uh, it was the catchy alternative, and it was little like baby chameleons that were eating the pesky fruit flies that get around your room. Yeah, I'll stick with my catchy that I, I mean, can plug in. Yeah. And leave. That's kind of fun, but yeah, the catchy is great. And then, of course, you gotta love Florida. What is? Okay, I haven't watched the video. Is, they're catching an alligator with a trash can. Oh yeah, he needed to get out of his house, and the alligator was in the way, so he legit flipped the trash can and pushed it at the alligator and the alligator went into the trash can and he just shoved it to the other side of his yard and then left his house yeah that, that got six foot gator yeah yeah they got shared by two people on our, yeah, on our page it's fabulous mm-hmm. but so if you ever need to catch an alligator a trash, trash can. can that's right yeah apparently uh florida i mean you gotta love florida Fish and wildlife had a stern oh i'm sure oh i'm sure but hey, hey, here's my problem i don't see house. anything he did i mean I get it. Legally, he's not supposed to mess with them, but it's in his fucking yard. Right. I mean, it was almost on his he, front. He, like, didn't he had kill the it. winding sidewalk that, like, kind of like ours does. It goes, like, but, at a little angle and then up to your door. And there's a very small. I just, okay, I just saw the end of the video where he knocks the trash can over and then runs full yeah. speed the opposite oh, direction. Like, he had no intentions of coming in contact with this whatsoever. He legit just wanted it out of his yard. Look, he, he caught it. Yeah. He didn't kill it. Uh uh-uh. uh. And he released it back it in the wild. Space. That's all a win for me. So yeah. I think wildlife fisheries needs to suck a dick. Yeah. It well, was, it made me laugh. They're not my wildlife fisheries. So <laughs> we don't, we don't, I don't think much of Florida. Wildlife I mean, it's Florida. Tex Parks Wildlife. Half, yeah. half the ones I've Florida. There. All the fun, crazy shit comes out of Florida. Let, let me just say that. So there is a video that I, uh, when I first saw posted, I was like, that's not fucking real. And it's not. Uh, Victor posted a video of what looks like a giant, like, toke gecko. Um, and then the first time I saw the video, I was like, those eyes don't look right. And then I was talking to Sean Gray, and it's a monitor with a Toke Gecko costume on. So it looks like it's a giant Toke Gecko, but in reality, it's just a monitor wearing a costume. Yeah. Wait a minute. So they put um, a, a monitor inside of a costume. 
And the color well, shouldn't yeah, be quite right t- either. Yeah. What's the time for that? First of all, you have to make that costume. The same people that because make, this take is not something that you can just buy off of Amazon. Circles. Oh no, I gotta yeah. look now and see if this is available. I'm surprised on Amazon. they had time to do that in between taking them to Walmart to see friends and like taking them out for <laughs> right. you know car rides because he likes that. Oh, yeah, I saw that video. Like I said, I saw it and the eyes didn't blink, and I was like, "Wait a minute, that doesn't look right." And then I realized, well, when Sean said that, I watched. It, I was like. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not right. All right, so the only costumes for lizards that I'm finding on Amazon, because, yes, I am currently looking <laughs> that up. I found this kind of cool-looking shark costume for a bearded dragon. You, I swear to God, if you put clothes on the fucking lizard in this house. <laughs> I don't even like them when they put clothes on our dog. Uh-oh. No. The dog just looks like... Jo- well, see, but your dog doesn't shake and tremble like it's dying it's without Joe's clothes. dog just shakes and trembles because it's part Chihuahua. Joe's, they all do that. But her, it's a much, it's much calmer when she has his shirt on. It'd be calmer so. somewhere else. There's also this really cool. I may buy this for me. This is fun. It's a kid's crocodile costume. It's a cool headband and a bow tie and a tail. I could wear all green. I could be a crocodile for Halloween. I haven't figured out what I'm going to be yet. Because I'm sure our listeners really care about this. Totally. That was that's actually what they just said in the chat. They said, hey, what's Katie going to be for Halloween? <laughs> People love me. Shut up. Oh, by There's- the way, Bergoli said he's a micro gecko person, which definitely. Damn it. <laughs> no, I can see it. I can see he, he probably drinks his tea. Probably drinks his tea with his pinky out. I don't know if admitting you're a micro gecko person is any better. I love you. Don't forget gecko? I love you. What does that mean? It's like itty bitty Those little geckos. fucking like nectar drinking. Oh, like. Morning geckos, yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah. tiny standing day geckos. The, the damn things that when they breed, you just hope you find the babies at some point before they just escape out into the nature. I didn't know there was like a subcategory <laughs> of that. It may just be Bergoli. It may be him by himself playing with small geckos. Um, there you go. There's a market for it because you got to get on a list. That is true. That is true. He does, he does sell them because he's got some cool shit, and there's a list if I wanted. The problem is they're just so fucking small. I can't do fruit flies, so that's my. Thing. I can't do fruit flies. That was my foot. Oh, I that's, thought that was the dog. No, but yeah, fruit flies are what keep me from doing uh, those, which I think are really cool because you could do a cool planted, small little uh, thing. That's what keeps you from doing dart frogs, which I think would be really fucking cool. So I don't do them. No, but you know what I could do? Squams. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds just say like yes. something. Just say yes. They're pretty. Oh, the fact squams. that Robert said just say yes makes me feel like I need to do so some you missed research. The first part of the just say squams are awesome and then we'll get them. Mm, okay, moving on. I know a guy. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you know several guys. <laughs> I, got, I know a guy I can talk to right are they, now. Are they venomous? They're, one, they're, they're what he keeps. Well, then there you know my, you know <laughs> my little, stipulations. They're little green and blue and red and they Doesn't all. Doesn't matter. You still know my stipulations. That I can get them? Is that what you said? Eventually. That was totally me that time. Wait, you just said eventually. All right, everybody heard it tomorrow. I did say eventually. Tomorrow mm-hmm. is not eventually. It is. It's <laughs> I mean, really, it is, though. You are not helping. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one with squams. That's like when somebody comes up to me. He said earlier about something about an $8,000 like, package. So uh, you're not buying a Squams are not eight. No, package. no, that's Snake. completely different. Eight squams okay. not $8,000. Just making sure. Just making sure. So that means I can get them tomorrow? When you get the proper setup. Yes, I'll and that's how I have said with every even. Actually, I can't. I can't because I live in this stupid county. Well, there you go. Then I, I can't fucking got yeah, nothing I got to help you there. Tanks on the shelf right in front of me. <laughs> well, it looks like you got a new best friend, James. I can't do anything because it's stupid county. I'm five hundred feet away from being able to keep them. We, yep. really, we really are. <laughs> I can throw a, throw a baseball into the county where I can keep them. Ugh. 
That was really all the cool Bergoli stuff. Bergoli said I saw. he he can keep them. Suck it, Bergoli. Well, see, there you go. Yeah, he could, could keep them for you, and County. you could have visitation rights. I love that plan. I don't like not. Having I my love that plan. That's a horrible plan. Anyways, I'm sure there was some other stuff on Facebook. Those were just the ones that I was interested in. Those are the ones I saw. Uh, the I mean, there was more, but they're really pretty. Um, there Timber was a post. Like I was like, there was a post about the. Was it albino? Was it leucistic? Like caramel or whatever. Whatever. Rattlesnake. I was also trying to see what else. Travis, Travis Wyman said, is Travis like. Travis said it was albino. Having an eye twitch right now. Tra- Travis said he said it was T positive albino. There yeah. you go. That sounds I good. Trust him. What the fuck does Travis know? A lot more than I do. Doctor Wyman. <laughs> a hell of a lot more than I do. Um, I've slept since last week. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's. I think that's all I got. I haven't read any cool books lately. I have not listened to any podcasts lately. I have not done anything on YouTube lately. I am surviving, but I'm How here. You pull your own weight around here. I was even late, and I'm. I just want to go eat dinner. Well, There's the dog. What's for dinner? I don't know. I'm a little afraid because James bought me dinner and said I could just eat what he bought me, and I don't actually know what I got like for dinner. It. But we've been together for 17 years, so he should know you what I'm doing. You do I'm like chitlins, right? Shut up, James. Ch- chitlins and onions. You're and not cooking that, so I know you didn't buy it, because you tripe. said you'd cook it for me. You're right. I'm not cooking chitlins. My house is not going to smell like <laughs> shit. I'm not doing that. Man, I had... Yeah, a long time ago, I lived in a house, and we had a guy cook that stuff one oh. time. He's like, hey, I'm going to cook some of these, and we're all like, I don't know what that is, or whatever. <laughs> I had to stay why, late. Why does it all of a sudden smell like shit in here? Yeah, I had to stay Jesus late at school tonight. So Christ. I told James. He Did you eat any up. of them? Um, no. Oh, no. Yeah, fuck. That's gross. And someone out there right now is going, "I love chitlins." Well, whoever's saying that, you're wrong. Yeah, it smelled horrible. We're like, dude, you can never make that ever <laughs> again in this house. Anything you have to spray ever, the shit ever. out of before you can cook it, you shouldn't eat. Well. Sausage casings are the same thing. They're not, the, they're not say, the inner I feel lining. Like it's right. something they're not the inner lining. Good point. Maybe they're the outer lining if of it. You cook it correctly, it tastes okay. There's no cooking chitlins correctly. It's the shit tube from a pig. I mean, yeah. When bacon still exists on Earth, there is no reason to eat chitlins. Good point. <laughs> right. Darren Watson said scrapple tastes oh. amazing. That well, sounds horrible. I don't know what that is. I mean, I eat spam, but I think scrapple's a step but below. We fry that. spam. We don't eat it. If it out smells of the jar. funny, it didn't go in my mouth. That's pretty safe. <laughs> general rule. Sounds like a good rule for all things in life. You know not, just, I mean? not just. Yeah. Uh, that girl said that once, and I just. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh my goodness! Did we? So did we? Did I miss the giveaway? You did miss the giveaway. Stephen Poole won the giveaway. Yeah, go Stephen! I'm. And then we jealous. mentioned our new giveaway that we're all pissed off that we can't win. We are all very angry actually about that. <laughs> yeah, it Brent. looks so cool. And there's only nine in existence. Brent sent me messages. We were talking back and forth on his way to Houston. I was like, "Why are you coming to Houston?" Because he's going to the Venom conference out in uh, Denver, which is Mac- Max was in the chat just a little bit ago. Uh-huh. He was waiting for his plane. To go to the Venom Conference cool, cool. out in Denver, uh, which we need. Well, congratulations. I think our, there's a chance that our guest for next week might be at that. Maybe. I don't know. They'll have to wait and see. Is it who I think it is? Yeah. I don't know. I guarantee you he's at that. I, I mean, have a, if, if, I, if who you're thinking is someone who lives who we in the have. Houston area. I just don't know what order they're in. We, so. Next week, we have a doctor. Ooh, not one of our typical no, doctors. Next week we have a doctor that if I was sick, I would go to this person. Oh, that's exciting. I'm not, I'm not going to Warren Booth or to Travis if I'm sick. I mean, Mike could tell you what's wrong with you. 
Although I have quite a few things of property. Wrong with you? Yes, you do. Shut your face. (laughs) Uh, Maria says she saw the mandalas in person and they're nice. Yeah. So I bet they're. I'll post a picture of it on Google. On Google. On Facebook. Um, But it's that Venom Life mandala is amazing. And there's, like I said, there's only nine of them made total. So James Bergoli has guessed half of who is going to be on next week. But this week. If they want to get a hold of you, Alex, and talk to you about squams, how could they do that? Uh, That's a a do not contact them and talk about squams, people. Or or bull snakes (laughs) or milk snakes. Yeah. I had to. You know, you can find me on Instagram um, at Rory's Dad 27. Uh, super creative name because <laughs> I was 27 years old when I set up Instagram and I am in fact Rory's dad. So I just said <laughs> Rory's dad 27. And I just, it's been that way this long, so I can't change it now. You know what I mean? That's fine. Um, so you can find me on there or you can type in my name. Um, Facebook, you know, you can find me on Facebook pretty easy. Type in my name. I didn't ask um, you, what is your favorite non-venomous snake? I'm assuming squams are your favorite venomous because that's just kind of what everybody knows you for. Um, my favorite non-venomous domestic species would be the bull snake. I love, love, love bull snakes, and uh, but not like the normal wild-looking ones. I like them dirty, nasty morphs. And uh, <laughs> you know, I want them bright colored and pink and white and no pattern and exantic and. Well, yeah. Nose I mean, I like all that. When you have squams sitting there in every other color, you're going to want your snakes, other snakes in every other color as well. Right, right. I like, I like, you know, all the uh, crazy multi gene visual bulls. Um, I love bull snakes. I've loved them ever since I was a little kid. Um, I love black rat snakes, but not normal ones. I like the morphs. I like calicos. And I pretty much like calico on white side and everything. Um, Except king snakes, I don't really like white side king snakes. I'm weird so about that. You I'm, said domestic. What's your, what's your non-domestic favorite non-venomous? Um, I really like all the morphs and Chinese rat snakes. Albino calicos, calicos. Um, what? What was it that? Know. What was it? Sean got this weekend. Oh, was it a mandarin? Sean, Sean got a mandarin rat snake. That thing was mandarin. gorgeous. Yeah. I like mandarins. They're super pretty, but they're like weird in between sides. I don't really like that. They only get like three feet long. That's yeah, they're smaller. Yes, yeah, so if you're like in like the bigger a- Asian rats, those that's definitely not going to Yeah, you know, I got beauty snakes. I got crebos. I love yellowtail crebos. So you're just um, like, ooh, I really wanted a snake that was shit a ton. But see, like my bull snakes are 10,000 times worse than any yeah. other colubid I've ever kept. And I've kept a bunch of dry on. They're worse than cobras. My bull snakes, I'll feed an adult one medium rat, and it ships nine times in five days. <laughs> and each pile is, like, collectively the size of a jumbo rat. It's insane, and it's awful. But I love them anyway. I have, like, 30 of them. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I love I love all snakes. Do I want to keep all snakes? Hell no. I'm super picky about what I keep. But, you know, I love I saw a picture of a Sri Lankan python that Tom posted today, and Jesus, that snake is beautiful. Do I want to keep a 17-foot huge snake? No, Go for it. but is it beautiful? And, you know, the way I, you know, how I know that I truly love snakes is like, 
even super dumb shit that I don't want to keep. I'll see it at a show or I'll see a picture and I'm you know part in my brain's like, Ooh, I want that. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, I don't. I've, I've a couple done years before. ago, a buddy like sent a picture of a black neck garter snake he caught and my brain was like, Ooh, that would be pretty and nice to keep. And I'm like, I don't see the fucking garter snake. I, <laughs> you know, I, I just, feel, I love all snakes. I feel that I way when I look all. at Nerodia. When I look at like, uh, broadbands, I'm like, Oh, that's so pretty. I'm not keeping a fucking broadband. Thing smells horrible. Right. Yeah, they're beautiful. The first first one I ever caught, and I still love catching them. Like they're beautiful snakes. Do I want to keep them? No, but dang, they are beautiful. So that uh, just, I like Jamaican boas. Those are cool. That's probably that's the only constrictor I keep. Like true boas. You know, Jamaican boas are I those epicrates? Are those? Uh, are, the Chilabatis subflavors. Okay. I, was trying to remember. I knew they knew yeah. they weren't boa, so I was trying to remember what it was. Yeah, but, I mean, I've kept, you know, people know me for squams. Excuse me, but I've kept so many dogs and species, and I've bred, I don't know, probably 20 species of venomous snakes, and I've bred probably 20 species of non-venomous snakes, or maybe 15 non-venomous, not that many. Not, you know, but, you know, people know me for the old squammer jammers, which is fine. They are there, like I said. I'm, I don't know how you, I don't know how you pick one, and and they're, they're also like they're like green trees. And the fact that the way it looks as a baby is not the way it's going to look when it's older, and it may look nothing yeah, like but, what you want to look like. But these have personality. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big selling point for me. <laughs> a personality? No. But it's but it sits on a branch and it's pretty colors. But you can't touch it. You could. No. Not an option. You don't. You don't. Do you have fish? Yes, we don't touch them. They're not mine. Touch your fish. They're not my fish. How dirty do you touch your fish? They're his fish. How dare you ask my wife if she touches her fish? (laughs) You don't. (laughs) You don't touch your fish. We don't touch fish. I I tell people I don't don't touch touch the newts. You don't touch the newts. I don't. Or my frog. Granted, moving it with your hand. What do you have it for if you can't touch it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair enough. My are, newts can't kill me, though, and your snake could. But the snake is prettier. I like I mean, my newts. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't a squam some, it was, San, was it San Francisco Zoo or whatever? San, San Diego? Diego Zoo. They got bit by a squam and there's no antivenom, so they should have to write it out. They got bit by a cloracus. Gotcha. Okay. Which he's is like, like he's like, don't be bringing my snakes through the Uglier brother. <laughs> <laughs> So what is what is the okay? So you keep saying squams if out there anybody who doesn't know what is the actual scientific name for them? Uh, Theris squamigera. Theris, I knew it was a Theris, and I couldn't remember how the rest of squam went. I just knew it was squam. But mm-hmm. they're the ones if you ever go to a reptile show and you see venomous tables and you see them in like fifteen different colors, those are squams, and they're cool. Usually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you're looking at the. I know that Robert's wife has fallen in love with the wagglers. Pit vipers, which I've always thought were amazing looking. Yeah, yeah, they're super neat. They're pretty she likes nice. They're too. not my, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I like all the tree snakes. Do I want to keep them all? No, they're, they're all cool. All right, Robert. If people want to get hold of you, how can they reach out to you? Wait, go ahead, James. No, go ahead, go ahead. Whatever. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna slap my hand over your mouth. Put my website. That everyone already knows. What what is that website? Yeah, they could just Google it. Yep, Google, Google Lone Star, Star Reptile Racks. Racks. So it's 
Yeah. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> James, uh, and how TikTok, can people get hold been, of you? I mounted a uh, camera in the shop and have been putting up some TikTok videos of the machine running. Did you put the googly eyes? You put the googly eyes on oh, yeah, the machine, you can right? See them? Yeah. 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 There's googly eyes on the CNC machine. Yes, there is. Every CNC machine needs googly eyes. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, it is, uh, well, if you want to get a hold of me, it's simply underscore serpents on Instagram or simply serpents on Facebook or the reptile gumbo podcast on Instagram, Facebook and, uh, at gmail.com. Um, don't forget, I will try and get our new giveaway put up tonight. Again, it'll be a little bit of a, like I said, I talked with Brent. We talked, we wanted people to have to do a little bit of research, learn a little bit. So it's going to be some questions you have to answer. And if you answer all the questions correctly, you're put in for the trouble. You get an awesome looking piece of art. And $50 to spend on the 105 trillion different items that they now have at Venom Life Gear. Uh, get you a hat. I strongly suggest getting a hat. I love my Venom Life hat. Um, even though Brent may pay for it. But whatever. Just saying, Brent. He, gave, how he gave Lucas one. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Maria said, oh, ooh, effort. Yeah, shut up, Maria. You can still put in some effort. <laughs> um, I think that's all I got. Uh, we will get a hold of the winner. There was that. Oh, next week again. Another venomous episode. Uh, I already hinted it's going to be a doctor, but uh, I'm not saying which doctor, but he lives around Houston. I, I like what you did. Witch doctor. Witch. It's October. Halloween. I, <laughs> I caught that too, but I, you know. Nope, I brought it up. We listened to that in class today. I did not go for that. That was not. But that's I, where I went. James. <clears throat> you want to get hold of us. I already said it. Quit playing on your phone. You'd hear it. I was <laughs> responding to emails. <laughs> Alex, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we will see you again at the next whatever. You'll, hot, I don't know what the next hot. I never know which one of the hot shows. I just know Conroe always is. Austin. Austin. The next one will be Austin, yeah. At the I new got venue. I kind of like two months off, and I'm super excited to be <laughs> nonstop. Like, I swept and mopped my house earlier, and I hadn't done that in a few weeks, and it was so, like, <laughs> yeah. Austin's gonna be nice. It's gonna be in that nice new venue, so we're gonna have room, and won't be on top of each other. It's gonna be amazing. Room for activities. So much room for activities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Oh uh. Anyways, so. thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Don't hang up yet. Don't hang up, Alex. Uh, goodbye okay. to everybody else. Alex is more important. The rest of y'all go away. Okay, bye.